raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! We're absolutely ready for a strike, and I know the UAW is too, but we don't want it to come to a strike. That was Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, talking about an impending auto workers strike when the contract runs out at midnight tonight. Hammer, uh, real quick, Hunter Biden indicted on three counts, felony gun charges, uh, this having to do with, uh, you know, uh, tied to the possession of a gun while using narcotics. He lied on a form, and he could be facing anywhere from 10 to 20 years. We'll get to that later on in the show. But back to this auto strike, a historic auto strike that could have reverberations throughout the country and even the world and affecting auto union uh, workers right here in Indiana. So the three major automakers here, General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis, this will affect Indiana if a deal is not met by 11.59 tonight. Uh, there are plants in Tipton, Bedford, Marion, big one up in Kokomo. Indiana, the state of Indiana, has the second biggest automotive manufacturing industry in America, employing hundreds of thousand employees, making 1.3 million cars per year. And from the sounds of it, Nige, they're not anywhere close to coming to any sort of deal. Well, look at the demands. <laughs> I mean, what, what do they want? 40 to 48% increase in less hours? 40% increase in pay, 40 and a 32-hour work week. These are the demands from the auto workers. Love it. I mean, good, I mean, you got to start somewhere and get what you can take. Like I, so we're this isn't like four tens, right? Like four ten-hour shifts and Fridays off. No, 32-hour <laughs> work week, more and a pay. 40% kick in pay. The balls on these guys. I like it. <laughs> All right, well, you and I should try that. And see what happens. Uh, again, the CEO of Ford, Jim Farley, said that. They've given their best offer in over 80 years, and here's what was on the table. Pay increases, elimination of tiers, inflation protection, uh, five weeks of vacation. Pretty good. Now, CNN is reporting that the wage increases are being reported as 16% with Ford, 17 percent with General Motors and Stellantis 14 and a half. Those are the pay increases that were on the table, but the unions are wanting a 40 percent pay increase and a shorter work week here. This is a uh, spokesman for the UAW. They're still not willing to agree on the kinds of raise that will make up for inflation on top of decades of falling wages. So if their argument is that, all right, we played ball during COVID, you know, horrible inflation time, our rates may have been frozen. Maybe we even took pay cuts. Sometime during COVID, it could have been voluntary. We were promised it would eventually go back up. Well, now, in terms of the auto industry, they're turning in their books that show record numbers. And the employees are like, oh, that's great. How come you guys are getting all the money and we're the ones making the cars here and we're getting bubkiss? 
Well, wait, I'm confused about that UAW spokesman. He said wages are down. And I Every time I hear from anybody from Pete Buttigieg to Joe Biden, wages are through the roof and inflation is down. <laughs> I'm confused, Hammer. It's almost like somebody is lying to us, Nige. Listen, you no. don't have to be somebody with an economics degree to see that real wages are still down, and they've been down for a while. Real wages are the money that you bring in compared to inflation and the cost of living. If you get a small pay raise, but you're paying almost a dollar fifty more for gas, yeah, and your grocery raise. bill is twice as what it was a year ago. It's not a raise. It's a pay cut, if you really want to look at it that way. So members of the local UAW have been doing these rallies at the park in Kokomo. Again, now Kokomo is one of the places where they're really vested in what's going on here. GM has a plant there. Here are some of the protesters in Kokomo. We have to do what we have to do, and if it's a strike, then damn ready, we're ready to do it, okay? Bottom line. This UAW local, the other locals, everybody in this country will strike to make a fair contract for our members. Man, this doesn't sound like anybody's willing to, you know, bend well, in, or give an inch here. You know what they need? They need uh, Michael Keaton's character and Gung Ho to come in and negotiate. <laughs> they we, do. We need Hunt Stevenson. Yes, we to get do. in there and make a deal. Damn right, we need some Hunt Stevenson. <laughs> Gung Ho, very underrated Michael Keaton movie. Well, it's funny because Gung Ho, just you know, as a side note, it's not the only movie in that era where Michael Keaton played. A, an automotive executive. Remember, remember his role in uh, in Mr. Mom. That's right. He got fired. He lived in Detroit and got fired That's from right. uh, an auto company. You are one hundred percent right. I forgot that he almost had the same job yeah, in both of those exactly. movies. I think we need him to get in there and negotiate a deal. And like my favorite part of Gung Ho is when <laughs> Norm from Cheers, George Went, like he's all fired up at the end, and you see him stomping through the floor, the assembly oh, yeah. line. Like when Norm's coming at you, you got problems. So again, the countdown is on eleven fifty nine p.m. tonight at the deadline. Sounds like the these two sides are miles apart, and this is, no matter where you stand on this, whether you think the auto workers are getting screwed or they're asking for way too much, no matter where you're at, the real reality is that if this strike happens, this is going to be really bad for the state of Indiana and the economy across the country. And here's why. It's not just the auto workers in, in the towns that that these companies are in. It's just, I mean, think of the trickle-down effect. Think of how many thousands of other companies are tied into the auto industry and what kind of um, ripple effect that would have on those companies. Just a real, just a huge trickle-down effect. Uh, what what is it? Something like we're talking maybe like a five? Do you say five billion? Is that the economists the are saying? If this thing is what we think it's going to be, five oh, wow. billion dollars in play. That's a big number for an economy that's really struggling right now as it is. Uh, keeping it here in Indiana, Rise and Roll Bakery. They've announced they're going to be closing two locations: Nige, downtown Indy, and Broad Ripple. 
Hmm. I wonder why Rise and Roll Bakery would want to close locations in downtown Indy and Broad Ripple. Hmm. They're keeping their other stores open. I wonder what's going on in downtown Indy and Broad Ripple that makes them say, screw this, just close up all the shops. Hmm. Crime? Crime. Maybe. I mean, we've seen this before, right? Even Starbucks has said, yeah, downtown Indy might not be our best uh, location. Oh, Starbucks got raked over the coals there on the corner of of Monument Circle when they decided to close down due to the safety uh, of their employees being in jeopardy. What are you talking about? And Starbucks is probably the most left-leaning, liberal corporation in the world. And even they're like, yeah, uh, too much riffraff out on the street. Too many, too much crime. Too many people coming in and pooping on our floors. <laughs> and if you're Joe Hogsett, you have to see this, right? How many companies and businesses and people, for that matter, have to leave Marion County before you look in the mirror and go, man, maybe this is my fault. Maybe we've let the inmates run the asylum here and uh, it's starting to have a little bit of a backlash. And the numbers I have to back this up are from this new tax study, Axios, which is not a conservative-friendly outlet. Even Axios has this story that Marion County has lost $490 million when people left during COVID. Mm, Great idea, shutting everything down. Meanwhile, the surrounding counties saw an increase. Hancock County saw a $76 million increase That's plus 4.4%. Boone County saw an increase of 69 million, plus 3.4%. So it's almost like people see radical leadership, incompetent leadership, or in the case of the riots, no leadership at all, (laughs) and said, we're going to take our family, we're going to take our business elsewhere. And this tax data shows that Marion County starting with the COVID lockdowns under the leadership of Boss Hogsett, has lost almost $500 million. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. Hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Show. Oh yeah, the, uh, the National Toy Hall of Fame has revealed the 12 finalists for its 23 class, 2023. And once again, uh, our favorite childhood toy, Illegal Fireworks, was robbed, Hammer. Unacceptable. I didn't see, <laughs> I didn't see Illegal Fireworks anywhere. <laughs> I miss the days when you had to go into a store and sign a waiver that said you were going to take these out of state. Yeah. Remember how ridiculous that was? Yeah, I'm going to take these 13 Roman candles and, you know, M80s to Kentucky. (laughs) 
Yes, that's that's my plan. Here are some of the finalist baseball cards. Oh, okay. Baseball cards. All right. National Toy Hall of Fame. Not I had me. a bunch of baseball cards as a kid. Oh, I did too. For some, some, some valuable reason, ones. Yeah, for some reason I had an obsession with Will Clark. I was a Cub fan. Will Clark can go to hell because <laughs> that series he had against the Cubs in the 89 playoffs yeah. is an all-timer. Uh, the board game Battleship. Love I, that. I like Battleship. Bingo. We love bingo on this show. Um, bo- do you know what Bop It is? <laughs> My definition may be different than what they're looking for. It's like this. I don't, I don't know. It's like this stick-looking thing, and you follow a series of commands through voice recordings produced by the, you know, coming out of the speaker of the toy. And the toy is like you, pressable buttons, twisting cranks. Well, maybe it is what I was thinking of. <laughs> you know, spinning wheels. Maybe it wheels. is. You said twisting cranks. Uh, well, well. That's a, the bop. It, yeah, if, if you know what it is, you know what it is. You know what I'm trying. I can't describe it very well. Look how uncomfortable Allison looks right now. <laughs> like, I wonder, like, how many times throughout the average day does Allison think, I could still be working for Tony Katz? <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't know what bop it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, my kids had that. It like tells you to pull something on the end and then hit the button. You can stop and now. Then, I'm and 12 then. years old and I can't stop laughing. Um, let's see. Choose your own adventure game books. I like 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 to flip it through those when I was a kid. A Connect Four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mattel's Ken doll. So Barbie, I assume, is already in the Hall of Fame. Now Ken is on the ballot. Okay, I, this one, sure. L- I can't believe this isn't in there already. The Little Tykes Cozy Coop. That's that classic red plastic car with the yellow roof. Every kid, every oh, yeah. toddler has had one of those. My kids had one of those at home. Right. Uh, Nerf toys. How are Nerf toys not in the Hall oh, of I Fame? Know. I've got a ton of them down in my basement. Along with Slime Hammer. My kids obsessed with slime. Obsessed with making it, buying it, storing it. It's all over the place and in our carpet in our house. You need to find old episodes of You Can't Do That on Television from Nickelodeon back in the day. If they love slime, that's the show. Because that stuff, the green slime would dump on the cast members' heads. Um, And then rounding out the nominees are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. So, how many get in? Do we know? These are the finalists. Is it a certain amount of... I I believe it's like only three. Oh, wow. I didn't know if it was a percentage vote like the Baseball Hall of Fame. There's no specific number. You just have to get the votes. um, You can go to museumofplay.org. I mean, I think when you're like the stick got inducted, (laughs) (laughs) which... I mean, look, when my kids were toddlers and three or four years old, a good stick. You couldn't go wrong, man. But you're telling me that Nerf is not in the Toy Hall of Fame and a freaking stick is? Absolutely what I'm telling you. So I don't know how credible the. It is like the Baseball Hall of Fame. It sucks. (laughs) Major League Baseball Hall of Fame does not have the all time home Uh, run leader, the all time hit leader, and one of the top five strikeout guys of all time. But yet, it's the Baseball Hall of Fame. All you got to do is just put a little asterisk on the plaques. Barry Bonds played in the steroid era. His head started this size, then it grew to the size of this. Like, put a little plaque on there and still celebrate the game. It's silly to not have the all-time home run and hit leader in your Hall of Fame. Well, but Mark McGuire, should he be in? 
Yeah, put the asterisk on there. Say what you want. Like, people can say they juiced, they cheated the game. Maybe they did, but they brought eyeballs to the game. They kind of rescued the game. Jose Canseco, should he be in? I don't know if he had the actual numbers, though. Maguire 40, has 40 the numbers. club. <laughs> I had that poster of Mark Maguire and Jose Canseco, the Bash brothers. The book that Canseco had out called Juice. Oh, I read it, yeah. Canseco said that he and Maguire used to just give each other shots in the ass <laughs> of steroids <laughs> before the games. So, Maguire, his first year in Oakland, he looks like this skinny kid with red hair. <laughs> By yeah. the time he's done, I mean, he looks like, you know, the white Debo. Walking around the locker room in St. Louis. Random shots. And that's how they do it in the White House with the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Biden and Fauci just sneaking up behind one another. One another. <laughs> oh, what was that? Hey. Oh, Fauci. Gotcha. Droplets in the anus. Fifth booster this week. <laughs> um, check this out. I thought this was pretty fun. This is a uh, video going viral. So there's this Mexican restaurant in Las Vegas. And <laughs> they have a mariachi band sure. that plays music to set the mood. Well, this one guy requested the mariachi band to play the song Yeah by Usher. And Unusual request for a mariachi band. But they tipped the band. They gave him some cash, and I think the band was able to pull it off. (laughs) That's pretty good. Not bad. Now, what's better, the mariachi band, their version of Yeah by Usher, or this woman who did a video a number of years ago who had a really squeaky oven door, and it sounded like Usher's Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! It's the Hammer and Nigel show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Where's Hunter? Where is he? Where is he? Where's the indictments? Uh, We have the indictments, uh, Mr. Trump. Uh, President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, uh, indicted on federal gun charges. He bought a firearm, didn't disclose that he was a drug user, a crackhead. And and this is probably throwing a wrench into Joe Biden's campaign aspirations in 2024. If this thing goes to trial, could get, I don't know, I'm, I'm reading anywhere from 10 to 20 years. I don't believe he's going to spend a day behind bars. Right. Same thing with Donald Trump. Donald Trump, they're throwing all these charges yeah. out there. He could face 497 years, whatever it is, behind bars. Okay. Whatever makes you sleep. Well, at I night. mean, you remember a couple of months ago. This was the um, uh, this this right here is a result of that deal that collapsed in July, where Hunter agreed to plead guilty to some misdemeanor tax crimes and and uh, you know that that gun felony would have been thrown out. And <laughs> but the way the prosecution and the defense came up with this deal was like it would basically preclude Hunter from being charged with any other future tax evasion type crimes. Right. Future <laughs> immunity. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> no. Like, the judge asked both the parties if they'd ever seen a deal like this before. They're like, well, not really. Uh, and she's like, all right, back to the drawing board. And that deal right there. Granted, that one judge said, no, we're not doing this. But that deal just shows how crooked 
the justice system and the Department of Justice is in this administration. Look what they're doing to everybody else and look at the sweetheart deal that Hunter got. And had it not been for the brave judge to say, yeah, this sucks, this dude would have got away with it. Who's the who's the rapper uh, that that got charged with the same felony gun charge as Hunter Biden and, and went to like three? All- Kodak Black. K- Kodak Black, of course. <laughs> he tweeted out, geez, I got three years for the same thing. <laughs> uh, now, we do have an update from the Republican Party frontrunner. Donald Trump has released a statement on Truth Social in regards to Hunter Biden's indictment. Mr. President, if you wouldn't mind. The gun charge is the only crime that Hunter Biden committed that does not implicate Crooked Joe Biden. (laughs) One down, 11 to go. One down, 11 to go. That's the response from... Former President Donald Trump. Now, since we're talking about Hunter Biden, let's make the transition to speaking about his old man. Let's talk about wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Joe Biden. Biden. I got hairy legs. True international depression. I still can't believe he just said that out loud. I'm going to go to bed. The last thing the person working the closed captioning typed during that speech, I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) Okay. At least they knew how to spell that. Like when he says true international pressure. True international National pressure. What? what? <laughs> yeah, you're you're getting you're working overtime. You're earning your paycheck if you're working the closed captioning function uh, when Joe Biden is speaking, especially when he goes off the cuff. So Biden, in a new Quinnipiac poll, just getting lit up. So this new poll, I believe it came out today. Do you think Joe Biden is too old? to effectively serve another four-year term as president? It's a very simple question from the fine folks at Quinnipiac. 68% Nige said yes. No was 28%. He's 28% of people. No, he's fine. (laughs) No, he's doing a great job. I'd vote for him again. I need a Biden-Fetterman ticket. That's what I need. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) Dumb and dumber. Uh, Here's another question from the Quinnipiac poll. Better job at responding to a national crisis. Joe Biden, 44%. Donald Trump, 51%. Uh So, again, open your eyes. I was called tinfoil hat for pointing this out a couple weeks ago, but all of the media outlets, the 90% that carry the water for the left, are starting to turn on Joe. The polling, the folks that normally just do whatever the Democrats want, are starting to turn on Joe because they don't want him on the ballot. They're doing everything in their power to make sure he's not the nominee because if Joe Biden's the nominee, 
they might lose. You mentioned the Washington Post columnist that we were talking about said, yeah, Biden's too old to run again. And by the way, he probably should have stopped Hunter's, uh, quote, attempts to impress clients. That's from the Washington Post. Now, this is stuff you and I have been saying literally from day one of Joe Biden's presidency. Now, finally, three years later, people are starting to come around to the fact that, yeah, okay, this guy's got mush for brains. Well, the useful idiot is over now. You did your part. You beat the orange man. Donald Trump did not win re-election. Most people said, we'll ride this out for one term. How bad could it be? Well, here we are, you know, two and a half years in, you've got inflation, you've got, you know, real wages being down, a wide open border. It makes you wonder who is really running things in the White House. And I think it's the, I think it's the squad. I think it's the AOC faction of, of the real, I mean, just think of all the radical things Joe Biden has been talking about uh, from, I mean, he campaigned on getting rid of the coal industry and fossil fuels, uh, wide open borders, um, just canceled several different oil leases in Alaska, uh, gas prices through the roof. And I, I do believe he is being, it was crazy climate stuff, just ridiculous climate change goals, getting rid of gas powered vehicles by 2030 or 2032. Um, it just really makes you wonder who is in charge and who's running things and who's got, you know, who's got the who's got the puppet strings right now. Is it Susan Rice? Is it well, the she's, Obamas? She's, she's not. Susan Rice is gone. She, she doesn't mean she's post, not calling but, the shots. But it's, it's, the, it's, it's, Obamas the Obamas are gone, too. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> doesn't mean they're not calling the shots. Just because they're not around every day doesn't mean they're not calling the shots. So another thing that's been just a disaster for this administration is the situation at the border. And earlier today, there was a House hearing on child trafficking. This took place in Washington, House of Representatives. Listen here as Marjorie Taylor Greene, oh, large Marge, roasts the Biden administration on the number of missing children. Under Secretary Mayorkas, under Joe Biden, this administration, Democrats have lost over 85,000 children in our country. We cannot find them. We cannot find them. And you know what? Here, listen to this. This is, this is so disturbing to me. The very fact, the very fact that this administration sent more than 100 children to the same address in Austin, Texas, while other Texas addresses received 44 and 25 minors respectively, that is outrageous. That is outrageous. And I don't have a question for you. I just want you to understand that there is no criticism of the former administration and the, and the ridiculous numbers and the so-called separating children from their parents. No, that's called keeping them safe. That's the uh, representative out of Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Biden did everything he could to roll out the red carpet as soon as he was elected president, including get, getting rid of the remain in Mexico policy. That's why, that's why uh, illegal immigration. The numbers w w were through, like they sunk incredibly during Trump's tenure because of that policy, the Remain in Mexico policy. He got rid of that bad boy, and boy, I mean, I mean it was on. Right, and because of that, you're seeking asylum. You got to stay in Mexico. Not anymore. You got an app. You can come right through. As a matter of fact, eighty-five thousand children have been just lost.
So Marjorie Taylor Greene was making the argument, would you rather have kids in cages or kids being trafficked and God knows what happening to them? But working in illegal sweatshop type places. Or even like, worse. And that brings yeah, us to yeah, Tim yeah. Ballard. Tim Ballard uh, is a real life child rescuer. He's probably best known for being portrayed in the movie The Sound of Freedom. Yeah. He testified today. Now, what you're about to hear is horrible, but this is actually what's happening in this country. Tim Ballard blasting the Biden administration for not having specific points of entry at the border, which without those, you allow horrible things to happen. I have personally seen how ports of entry were responsible for helping rescue a child, catch a sexual predator, and start a chain of events that rescued multiple children from his abuse. On the other hand, I've spoken with survivors who were trafficked by cartels, taking advantage of the miles of unprotected U.S. border. In one case in particular, a young woman was brought across the border at an area where no barriers or protections existed. Once in the U.S., she was sold and raped for money up to 30 to 40 times a day for five years mm. before eventually escaping herself. She shared with me the tragic conclusion that had her captors been forced to attempt a crossing into our country at the port of entry, just like the little boy you saw in the film, that she would have had a better chance of being rescued. Points of entry matter. Security at the border matters. Not just because people are coming in, you don't know who they are, you don't know where they're going, they could vote for the other party. Listen to what's happening to these kids. And the Biden administration is complicit. Mayorkas, complicit because of the very policies that allow those things to happen in terms of crossing the border illegally. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This picture, Vice President Kamala Harris tweeted out. She's on stage talking about the her American Rescue Plan with with tax cuts for working families. She's blaming Republicans for for child tax credits. Blah 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 blah. But the main point of the picture was she's on stage holding hands with a little girl, and the little girl is wearing a mask. And is Kamala wearing a mask? Yes, of course not. You an unmasked <laughs> political elite looking down on a masked, muzzled child. These people are idiots. Have you not learned anything from Stacey Abrams when she was sitting there in a classroom full of masked kids and she's sitting there, no mask on her face? We know there are studies have been done now that masks did far more damage. Uh, than COVID ever did to kids. Um, they don't work. They don't keep it from spreading. They don't keep... The, kids aren't vectors of COVID. I don't know how many times we have to go over this. The optics are so bad and it's so stupid. 
and I'm just I'm I'm over it. And if I'm somebody wants that. to make the argument that well maybe she's immunocompromised, maybe she's got something. I got news for you. That little cloth mask isn't doing I'm anything. Doing nothing. It has to be an N95. There's this one dude who trolls us all the time. Uh, he's got a fake name. His real name's like Doug or something, but he trolls us yeah, all the I know, time. I know, I know and what if she's immunocompromised? <laughs> or somebody in her house is immunocompromised. Yeah, that mask that she's got on, not doing anything. Doesn't matter unless it's an N95 and it's securely on and replaced like every 24 to 36 hours. It's a waste of time. What if my truck had wings? It could fly. (laughs) Right. Now, speaking of Kamala Harris, last night on CNN. See, we're going to play this audio for you because we know nobody watches CNN. So I thought this was interesting. Anderson Cooper had old lady Pelosi nancy pelosi on and asked her three times in you know a 60 second span if kamala harris is the best running mate for joe biden and three different times nancy pelosi dodges it is vice president kamala harris the best running mate for this president he thinks so and that's what matters and by the way she's very politically astute i don't think people give her enough credit Uh, She, of course, values-based, consistent with the president's values and the rest. And uh, people don't understand, she's politically astute. Why would she be vice president if she were not? But when she was running for uh, attorney general in California, she had 6% in the polls. 6% in the polls. And she politically astutely made her case about why she would be good, did her politics, and became attorney general. So people shouldn't underestimate what... Kamala Harris brings to the table. Do you think she is the the best? (laughs) Number three. She's the vice president of the United States. So when people say to me, well, why isn't she doing this or that? I said, because she's the vice president. That's the job description. Now, the only reason she's vice president is because of her skin and her gender. Right. That's why she's vice president. Make no mistake about it. And by the way, I don't think Nancy Pelosi thinks Kamala Harris or Joe Biden would make a good running uh, would, would make a good ticket for the Democrats again. No, not at all. Uh, there's a p- function missing. Anderson Cooper should have said, do you think uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris should have both should be both running uh, again in the next election? And let me apologize. I totally forgot. We mentioned Nancy Pelosi's name, and we forgot the official Nancy Pelosi music. Oh, come on. That's... And Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. So Megan Kelly is she's a journalist, a media personality. She was on Fox News for a number of years, hosted uh, many different shows there. I believe it's called America Live. And then she was on America's Newsroom with Bill Hammer. Uh, Hammer left Fox News. There was some controversy there. Went to NBC and had a miserable experience. And now she's had somewhat of a very, uh, you know, actually very successful career hosting a show on Sirius XM. Now, she's known back in her Fox days for that uh, confrontational debate when she was the moderator and her back and forth at Donald Trump, right? Mr. Trump, 
One of the things people love about you is you speak your mind and you don't use a politician's filter. However, that is not without its downsides, in particular when it comes to women. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account Only Rosie several... O'Donnell. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And then if you remember, a couple days later, you know, Donald Trump's doing a phone interview with somebody and he was talking about Megyn Kelly and how, you know, she was going after him. And he had that statement that she had blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of somewhere. <laughs> and then next thing you know, Megyn Kelly's career at Fox yeah. comes to a screeching halt. They made a movie about it. Yeah. So Megyn Kelly having a lot more success out on her own. And this is something that I heard Rob and Casey talking about this morning. You look at some of these independent journalists, whether it's, you know, I don't know if Joe Rogan counts as a journalist, but independent hosts, Joe Rogan and Megyn Kelly and all these folks like that, they're having way more success because they can be completely honest with their audience on YouTube. Many more ears and eyeballs on that Joe Rogan podcast, and it comes close to anywhere like, like CNN could get. Right. That's kind of how Pat McAfee you know, made a name yeah. for himself post NFL. You know, he bet on himself with his YouTube show because he could be totally honest. And now that translates to a big payday at ESPN. So going back to Megyn Kelly, she's out on her own now. She's got the successful YouTube show. Uh, she can say whatever she wants. I think she's on Sirius Radio too. She grilled Donald Trump. First time she had a chance to sit down with him face-to-face across from each other since that debate incident, and she was grilling Donald Trump because he did not fire Dr. Fauci. For years, you've been saying that the reason you didn't fire Anthony Fauci uh, was because he'd been there for a long time, that you would have taken heat, that it would have created a firestorm, quoting your words. Then for the first time in well, May... I also said I didn't listen to him too much. I'm yet. getting there. But then in, in May, you started saying, well, he's a civil servant, so I yeah. couldn't technically. The truth is, though, not only did you not fire Fauci, who is loathed by many, many millions yeah. of Republicans in particular, but also some Democrats. By the way... You yeah. made him a star. You made him a star. This is the criticism of you, mm-hmm. that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus task. You think so? That he was at every presser, that he was running herd for the administration on COVID, and that you actually gave him a presidential commendation before you left office. Wouldn't you like a do-over on that? Uh, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the commendation. Presidential commendation. One went off Mark Somebody probably handed him a commendation. But it came from your office, though. And that's the thing that Megyn Kelly was going after. You can rip on Anthony Fauci all you want, but you did not fire him. If anything, you lifted him up to become the face of yeah, COVID. He, he, and I've heard him say this before. It's the fact that Fauci really didn't have much sway with him within the White House. But Fauci got a, a, that national platform and became the face. You're right. He was elevated, certainly because of Donald Trump. And that's something he's probably going to have to talk about in the, well, if he decides to do any debates. Maybe right. in the uh, maybe in the presidential debates. That have to be in the general because it doesn't look yeah. like he's doing any primaries. Here is a little bit more of this conversation Megyn Kelly had with Donald Trump. In COVID, if you know what I did, I let the governors run their states, and many of the governors uh, opened up their states. Florida, by the way, was closed for a couple of weeks. Right, and they turned around along with 
See, you realize yeah. that. I think most people realize that. And again, to her credit, Megyn Kelly realized that too. I was not a big fan of Fauci. If you look at Ron DeSanctimonious, he was, this guy said the greatest things. I can give you articles that well, Fauci's great. He's wonderful. We love him. We don't do anything without Fauci. This went on for months. But he didn't listen to Fauci. Oh, he did 100%. Look. He shut down Florida I will for a give month. you, he shut down Florida. For a month. Oh, he shut it down for a lot of long. He shut down the beaches. He shut down the roads. He shut down a hospital. He was shutting down everything. He also had long lines of people getting the jab, as he called it. Let's all go get the jab. The guy tried to change history in Florida. Now, eventually Florida was open, but a lot of these other governors didn't shut down at all. But Ron DeSantis was on a, under a lot of pressure, especially given the population, the age of a lot of Florida's I'm citizens. Not saying, I'm not trying to, to blame anybody, okay. but he should say, I closed it down. Eventually we opened it, but I closed it down. But I gave him the right to keep it open if he wanted to. I let the governors make the determination as to whether or not to close it down. But you also, as Rob Kendall would put it, bribed the governors with a bunch of COVID money to shut down. Uh, shut down federal money and we'll send everybody uh, blank checks so they could continue to sit in their houses, sit in their homes, not work, not go to church, watch Netflix, not go to school. Um, I, I think... I think Donald Trump, I think really when you look back on what happened, the one thing I did like about Donald Trump during COVID was that he had press conferences every day to keep people informed and up to date as to what was going on. I think if you're going to shut down the country or you're going to tell people or give money, governor money to governors to shut down the country, at least you ought to get out there every day. I mean, do you remember those Trump press conferences, Hammer? They were hours <laughs> they long. They were two or three hours long. Um, so at the very least, I think he was transparent on what was going on. But yeah, man, the, uh, the, the whole vaccine thing. And please don't try and tell me that it's, you know, there's vaccine hesitancy was only coming from Republicans. It, it, remember what Kamala, Kamala Harris uh, said about the Trump vaccine? I'm not going to take it if it's Donald Trump. I mean, th there were Democrats lined up uh, around the corner saying, yeah, if this, is, if this is the Trump vaccine, I don't know what's in that. I'm not going to take it. Cuomo said it. Kamala Harris said it. That was the real vaccine hesitancy. That's where that came from. But let's go back to what he said about the governors, though, because Trump right. told Megyn Kelly in this interview that he didn't shut down the, the country. It was up to governors. There are two tweets I'm going to read for you right now. April 13th, 2020, from Donald Trump's verified account. Quote, for the purpose of creating conflict and confusion... Some in the fake news media are saying that it's the governor's decision to open up the states, not that of the president of the United States and the federal government. Let it be fully understood that is incorrect. The next tweet. It is the decision of the president. And for many good reasons, with that being said, the administration and I are working closely with the governors and this will continue. So he's tweeting that it's his decision, and he'll basically tell the governors, you know, what to do. But he tells Megyn Kelly, well, it's it's up to the governors. I don't have any say in that. See, this is where Donald Trump yeah, is vulnerable. I mean, he did the same thing with Brian Kemp when he announced the plan to open up in Georgia. You know, and then Trump's coronavirus task force freaked out. Deborah Burks, the scarf queen in the White House, uh, you know, cautioned 
Georgia about opening up, and that was a whole thing where Donald Trump kind of reversed course. And boy, yeah, those tweets make it sound like yeah, it was all my decision to shut down. Uh, we've got some vaccine stuff, oh, pharmacies, antibodies, side effects, vaccine stuff. So since we're talking about COVID and DeSantis and what Trump said about both of those things, the DeSantis administration has come out with a statement advising against any Florida resident under the age of 65 of getting the new round of COVID vaccines. Yeah, it's the Surgeon General that's coming from his Surgeon General, which is not exactly Jerome Adams. No, it's not. From Indiana. Uh, The CDC's director, Dr. Mandy Cohen, fired back calling Florida's move dangerous in a statement shared by the White House. I think what's dangerous is the CDC pushing these vaccines, these boosters on kids. They want like as young as six months to get them. I'm looking at the CDC's own data right now. Uh, this is according to Alex Berenson, who's been a longtime controversial critic of COVID-19 and been on this show many times. Uh, this is, again, from the CDC's own recent data. One million mRNA COVID shots for teens will prevent zero to one COVID death and cause 100,000 to 200,000 severe side effects. That's according to the CDC's own data in terms of giving the jab to kids. You're an anti-vaxxer. No, I'm not. I'm just You saying, hate science. I'm looking at the CDC data right here. You want grandma to die. Most European countries have stopped recommending the vaccine for people under 18 and even some older than that. So you're saying that... Maybe six-month-olds should not be getting the jab. I wouldn't give it to mine. Got it. Emma and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hey, man, everybody, is this anything? I'm going to run some odd back page type stories by you. You simply tell me if they're anything or not. Now, I don't know if this one actually qualifies as like a back page story because it was the biggest story in America yesterday. But this question was bizarre. So during the press conference about the capture of that Pennsylvania inmate, Cavalcante, a reporter asked this question involving the little rascals. Here he Uh is, this is an unidentified reporter, we don't know what this guy's name is, asking the question to the lieutenant about the little rascals during this press conference about the escaped convict. Any concern that he would team up with another small man to step inside the trench coat little rascal style? No. Wait, wait, wait. Allison, Let me tell you what he says before you hear it again, just so you know what you're looking for. This reporter asks... In a very serious way, the authorities at this press conference, are you concerned that Cavalcante is going to team up with another adult in a trench coat, kind of like the Little Rascals? Any concern that he would team up with another small man to step inside the trench coat, Little Rascal style? No. Team up with another small man inside the trench coat, Little Rascal style. That had to have been some sort of... uh, There's no serious reporter that would ask a question like that, right? That's got to be some sort of plant, some sort of goofy radio 
guy with the microphone. The morning the, zoo in yeah. you know, Pennsylvania. <laughs> where I'm I mean, sure. we don't know what you're trying to like. If you watch The Little Rascals, even the updated version from the mid-90s, my kids used to watch that all the time. There's Right. They they sit, you know, you, you look like an adult sitting on three different shoulders right. piled up three high because the kids are little. And a big, long, yeah. like Steve Harvey coat, right. and they're so walking he's, around. He's saying that's the next way Cavalcante is going to get out of jail. The first way was crab walking up a wall, busting through barbed wire fences and on the land for two weeks. The next, the next time he's getting out of jail, he's teaming up with, quote, a small man. <laughs> <laughs> in a trench coat. Trench coat and getting out that way. Uh, no, I don't think this is anything. This is bizarre. Yeah, it was some wacky morning zoo guy asking. Let me uh, guess. It was probably doofus. somebody on a morning zoo whose name was either Hunter or Crash or Boner crank. or Crank. <laughs> like, I swear, there's a Hunter and a Crash in every city in America. You listen to wacky FM radio in every major city, you're going to find a Hunter, a Crash, a Deuce. One of those names will yeah. be employed. Is this anything? The Brisbane Festival in Australia is looking for over 10,000 people to play kazoo for them so they can break the world record. Similar event was held in Melbourne where exactly 10,000 people played kazoo, and the current record is on the line. This is what it sounded like when all the kazoo performers a year ago did 2001 A Space Odyssey. Kazoo world record. Big finish. (laughs) Is that anything? Uh, Yeah, and I suppose this is going to lead us into Great Great Moments in Kazoo kazoo History. Would you like to hear what it sounds like? When somebody on a kazoo plays whole lot of love. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Why are kazoo so funny? <laughs> Great moments in kazoo history. This is when a ukulele meets a kazoo and they perform the final countdown. Taylor Swift has turned down <laughs> halftime at the Super Bowl. But if they haven't reached out to Are the kazoo kidding? ukulele guy, that's a missed opportunity. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. 
Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. Uh, I guess we should mention, Hammer, that Joe Biden's son... America's lovable crackhead Hunter Biden was indicted <laughs> on federal charges that he purchased a firearm without disclosing that he was a crackhead. Crackhead. And you got to do that when you register to buy a gun. There's a thing that on there that's pretty simple. It says, are you a druggie? <laughs> and he did not check the box. Unfortunately, he was a druggie. And they've been working on this. This special counsel, David Weiss... They've been working on this since 2018. These misdemeanor tax charges, the federal gun charges, and now we're finally, you know, it all collapsed there in July when the prosecution and the defense came to the agreement. Yeah, all right, we'll give you the diversion program for the, we'll throw the felony gun charge out and we'll, uh, you know, give you some misdemeanor tax fraud charges. And the judge looked at it as like, wait, does this does this preclude? Hunter from being charged with any additional tax evasion charges that might come about as a result of an investigation? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Permanent permanent immunity. immunity. And she's like, "Ah, ah." and so Joe Biden's son could be going through some sort of trial during uh, 2024 in the uh, presidential campaign. I'm wondering how they found all this out. Like, did they, did everybody know? Because Hunter wrote that horrible book, right? This horrible. Yes. Nobody bought it. His memoirs that talked about how he was a drug addict during the time that he purchased his firearm. Did anybody look at that and say, hey, by the way, what you admitted to, what you have admitted to on TV several times while you bought that gun is a crime? Punishable, punishable by, I believe here, he's looking at 10 to 20 years, depending on what story I look at. You mean Hunter Biden's inner circle might not be good at their job? They may have missed uh, the a detail that says, look, if you admit on paper and on TV that you're a crack addict during the time that you bought this gun, that could be a problem. But these are also the same people that allowed him to do these meetings with world leaders and big business folks oh, and sure. basically threaten the, the big guy to come in and shake things up. Absolutely. Got it. Understood. Imagine how much trouble he would be in if they just would have done a legitimate investigation into the cocaine they found at the White House. <laughs> the bag of blow. I mean, let's be honest. We know it's his. I'll go big picture here. Imagine how much <laughs> trouble he'd be in if his last name was Trump. Good point. Good point. Uh, we're doing legal stuff here. So remember that lunatic governor of New Mexico who said, yeah, I know what the Constitution says, but here in New Mexico, we're going to get rid of that little Second Amendment. If there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. 
So if you're a law-abiding <laughs> citizen in New Mexico, sucks to be you. The law doesn't apply to you, right? The, co- the Constitution, the Constitution doesn't, apply. doesn't apply to you. She is an ignoramus at the highest <laughs> level. I'd look at somebody like this and think, wow, I could be governor. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And think about this. How different is what Jefferson Shreve and Joe Hogsett trying to do to Marion County oh, sure. from this lunatic? There's no difference. They want to do the exact same thing. They want to take a law that is set in stone by the state and then change it for certain areas. Well, it doesn't work that way. Can't do that. Well, here's the update. A U.S. federal judge has frozen the crazy New Mexico governor's <laughs> gun ban. Which which is fine, and that's I'm glad that happened, but it, was, it really didn't do anything anyway. You saw the giant protests over the weekend of law-abiding gun owners open carrying outside um, the, I don't know if it was the State House or the Capitol building or somewhere in New Mexico or Albuquerque, and the police officers ab- did absolutely nothing. So you're telling me that someone with an actual legal background looked at this and said, yeah, it's unconstitutional. We're not doing it. Yeah. Okay. Don Jr., your thoughts? <laughs> no shit! <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? I had no idea! You knew it was going to happen. Well, she knew it was going to happen. She said it was going to happen. This this tyrant in New Mexico said, yeah, well, look, we're probably this. I mean, essentially said what we're doing is not legal, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm going to virtue signal. It's going to look good to my base. I mean, that's kind of the page of the Biden playbook, right? We're going to pay off all your student debts. Sure. We're going to pay exactly. off all your credit card bills. We're going to make sure everybody has sex with a model. That's what we're all about here. <laughs> oh, wait, we can't do that we're not allowed to do that oh i'd well, be damn. all in on that last one <laughs> well the models wouldn't be um <laughs> you jerk one of our favorites <laughs> on the hammer and nigel show is the senator from louisiana senator john kennedy the senator was part of a hearing the other day in regards to this new law in the state of illinois against banning books in the classroom. Those horrible Republicans, they want to ban books in the classroom. No, they don't. They just want the pornographic books out of the classroom. So the state of Illinois has passed this law, and a lot of people are saying, well, I thought you were free speech. I thought you were pro-free you know, free speech absolutist. Take a listen to this. Senator Kennedy from Louisiana was reading an excerpt he read a couple books. Some of these we can't even play on the air. That's how over the top they are. Why can't we read them on the air? They're available in kids' classrooms, in libraries, in schools. That's what I said to our management, and they said, you're not playing those on the air. But we can play this one. Now, we've had to edit it down, but it's still pretty raunchy. This is from the book Gender Queer, which can be found in school classrooms, in a lot of places around the country, This is what's in the classroom being read by Senator Kennedy. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's called Gender Queer. Let me read an excerpt from that. Quote, I got a new on harness today. I can't wait to put it on you. It will fit my favorite dildo perfectly. You're going to look so hot. I can't wait to have your in my mouth. I'm going to give you the of your life, <laughs> then I want you out of me. End quote. 
And by the way, Democrats were just frothing, just seething that he was reading this out loud. They were incredulous that he had the nerve to read this out loud. So they want it in the classroom, but you're not allowed to read what's in the classroom. Why would Democrats be mad that he's reading from a book available in in kids' classrooms? I think it's kind of the whole same idea with uh, libs of TikTok. Right. Why the libs of TikTok? All it is is a Twitter account that retweets radical progressive anywhere from teachers, teachers unions, uh, trans people, you know, saying just the most craziest stuff in the world. And, and there's no little to no commentary. It's just letting the general public know, hey, this vocal minority is out there and they are actually accomplishing um, change in you know they're they're actually progressing in their agenda and perpetuating their narrative that's right. why democrats are mad like what he read is available in the classroom for kids to pick up so during this hearing the secretary of state of the state of illinois which is very blue as you know very democratic their secretary of state who's all about those horrible Republicans. Screw them for trying to ban books. Here's a little back and forth between the Secretary of State and Senator Kennedy. Mr. Secretary, what are you asking us to do? Are you suggesting that only librarians should decide whether the two books that I just referenced should be available to kids? Is that what you're saying? No. Okay. Tell me what you're saying. Well, uh, first of all, th- th- there's this. Don't give me a speech. Tell me what you're asking will, me to do. With all due respect, Senator, the words you spoke are disturbing, especially coming out of your mouth is very disturbing. But I would, I would also tell you that we're not advocating for kids to read porn to Senator Booker's what point. What are you advocating for? We are advocating for parents, random parents, not to have the ability under the guise of keeping kids safe to try and challenge the world view of every single manner on these issues. You're getting conceptual game. I'm not getting conceptual. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Now, mind you, the clip we played, the little excerpt that we played was very edited, and that was the only one we were approved to play for you guys. I read several different lines from genderqueer. And now, all of a sudden, I'm glad he's worried about parental rights. Right. The Secretary of State. Well, it's just it's the it's the parents' decision whether or not they should be able to to read something like that. Oh, really? But it's not the parents' decision. It's not the parents' rights to find out if their kids have different pronouns or want to go by a different name than their or a bylaw. You know, be referred to as he, she, whatever pronouns. Parents aren't allowed to know that from the school, right? But they should be involved in their kids' choice to read gender queer. In the classroom. That's the key word here. If they want to go to a public library and find those types of books, all right, they should be available. Find those books in your public library. But in a classroom, you heard what the senator was saying, and that was the clean part we were allowed to play for you. Which brings us to great moments in Senator Kennedy history. Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. This is shortly after the mysterious death of Jeffrey Epstein. Christmas ornaments, drywall, and Jerry Epstein. Name three things that don't hang themselves. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing great moments in Senator Kennedy history. This is... Uh, During the confirmation hearing, Supreme Court hearings with Amy Coney Barrett. 
Now, look, Judge, I'm not naive. I understand this thing can turn sour real fast. We all watched the hearings for Justice Kavanaugh. It was a freak show. It looked like the cantina bar scene out of Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Great moments in Senator Kennedy history. This is my personal favorite. Uh, If you hate cops just because they're cops, then the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. (laughs) And I love that Louisiana Southern accent. Call a crackhead. Come on. What is this? Wait for it. Call a crackhead. (laughs) And if you're more of a country kind of fan, we got your back. Everybody says, save a horse. Call a crackhead. (laughs) Great moments in Senator Kennedy history. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. Or is it time for booze news, Hammer? Because today is National Sober Day. Happy National Sober Day to everybody that's been sober for a long time. Here is a quick Hammer and Nigel tribute to you sober folk. Today is National Sober Day. When I'm sober. I'm sober. I'm sober. I'm sober now. Do you like alcohol? Alcohol? I don't drink alcohol. Today to celebrate sobriety and bring awareness to addiction. I give up drink. I don't drink alcohol. Giving up drinking. Give up drinking and dry out. I'm sober. Six months. I'm actually sober. I'm sober now. National Sober Day. What about your sobriety? Sobriety is blessed. It's showtime! Uh, now, I'm... Full confession, I'm currently not celebrating National Sober Day. You're drinking a beer right well, now. I'm not I'm not drunk. I'm just, I, does that count? It like, takes like, quite a bit to get you drunk. <laughs> Rob Kendall and I were talking about this the other day. Like, the amount of booze it takes to get you legally drunk. Yeah, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> since it's National Sober Day, <laughs> let's go Let's go to comedian, I like this guy, Kyle Kinane. This is from his uh, 2022 special, Trampoline in a Ditch, talking about uh, hitting rock bottom. But you gotta hit rock bottom to sober up. And like, I've never hit rock bottom. Well, I don't know. It's all perspective. <laughs> There's no true definition of rock bottom. You know, one person's rock bottom could be somebody else's. Oh, man, they're not going to let us back into that water park. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> my rock bottom, I took three weeks off of doing everything. That was rock bottom. That was the saddest <laughs> I ever got was that three weeks of not drinking, and I found myself, I was just cleaning my bathroom on a Saturday night. <laughs> In absolute silence. And I was like, this isn't how you celebrate freedom. This isn't. (laughs) That's not how you live, you know? That's all right. Hey, take a Saturday for yourself and do some chores, but have a good time. This is your own little part. Clean the bathroom on a Saturday. Bottle of wine, Motley Crue's greatest hits. That's what you're doing. Too fast for love. Squirt, squirt, squirt. Just Yosemite salmon, two bottles of Tylex into the ceiling. This says using a well-ventilated area. I don't even have windows in this bathroom. Comedian Kyle Kinane right there. National Sober Day. Congratulations to all those who are celebrating. Absolutely. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Hunter Biden indicted on felony gun charges. Hammer could get up to 25 years. Do you think he spends a day behind jail? I'm, I'm thinking GPS ankle monitor. I'm thinking the uh, Ryan Mears approach with this guy, right? He's not going to spend one minute behind <laughs> bars. Not a single minute. He should. He absolutely should. But he won't. Isn't it funny? Like, would we even know about the fact that he bought a gun and lied on the forum to buy the gun that he was on drugs if it wasn't for that stupid, horrible tell-all book? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, and then the people know? that interviewed him, the butt sniffers like Jimmy Kimmel, who yeah. did everything but slowly massage his inner thighs <laughs> yeah. during that interview, refusing to ask him any sort of tough questions. Oh, speaking of tough questions, we had the story earlier this week of the head of the Chicago's Teachers Union, complete and utter hypocrite and lunatic leftist, you know, saying uh, private schools, school choice is racist, you're a fascist if you support this, uh, but she sends her own kid to a private school. Right. Remember this lady? She was on CNN, and see, listen to this exchange. CNN actually called her out on this. You've likened in the past private schools of today to, quote, segregation academies of the Jim Crow South. Why then send your child to a private school after speaking out so publicly against them? <laughs> I didn't speak out against private schools. I spoke out against school choice. School choice and private schools are two different entities. No. No. In, in your okay. tweet, you describe basically private I mean, you've described private schools of the North. That's That was literally your language. But you've also said this, um, that school choice was the choice of racists. I think at the end of the day, uh, people are asking here about whether the rhetoric matches your actions. Yeah, uh, uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> the rhetoric doesn't match her actions. I think she said something about, well, um, you know, I wanted my kid to go to a good school so he could play soccer. He loves soccer. Well, there's... Trust me, there's people that are lined up around the block in Chicago to take their kids to better schools so they can play sports. What's so different about you other than you're rich and you're elite and you're a hypocrite? Two things. Number one, was this an accidental act of journalism from CNN actually pushing back against this leftist lunatic? And number two, you could tell that the teachers union head was not prepared for pushback from CNN. Wait, what? You're actually, what, what, you're actually what challenging I, what me? I, what I meant to say was that I, <laughs> I don't like the idea of choice. No, wait. I mean, wow. Wow. That was impressive. Very rarely 
does CNN get a golf clap for you know doing their job? But I'll give them one right yeah, now. The, the teachers union in Chicago is a mess. It's a disaster. During COVID, one of the other uh, top people within the union, if you remember, uh, did not want to go back to school, did not want to let kids go back to school, but yet she hopped on because of COVID and her sure. fear of It was unsafe in the classroom. Very unsafe, but she hopped on a plane and went to the Caribbean. <laughs> and, a germ-filled uh, cabin and then flew out of the country. Yeah, and, and post about it on Instagram. Brag about it. <laughs> Do it in your face. These people. Man. On the subject of unions, the clock is ticking. Deadline is 11.59 tonight, or this big auto strike could take place. If UAW workers don't reach a deal by 11.59 tonight, General Motors, Ford, uh, Stellantis, all three of these major automakers are going to be in trouble. There's going to be thousands of people picketing, not going to work, and this will affect Indiana. Uh, Stellantis has a plant in Tipton, and GM has plants in Bedford, yeah. Marion, and Kokomo. Yeah. Indiana, the state of Indiana, we talked about this a little bit earlier, the second biggest automotive manufacturing industry in America, employing around 116,000 employees and making 1.3 million cars per I mean, year. Just imagine the trickle-down effect this is going to have if this strike lasts a long time, which it looks like it will be. I mean, there are a, a ton of... How many hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of different companies are tied into the auto industry, Hammer? Right. And if it slowly grinds to a halt, what does that mean for the economy as a whole? And think about those towns in Indiana, specifically yes. uh, Tipton, Kokomo, Bedford, Marion. Those towns are going to be affected. So, here's what the fight is about. So, the auto workers, they want a 40% pay increase over four years and a 32-hour work week. Hmm. That's a big jump in pay. Wait, so, so wait, so they're going to work like, hold on, they're gonna, they, they want more pay and to do less work? This isn't, this isn't like a thing where they're doing four tens. You no. know what I mean? Forty percent increase over four years yes. and a thirty-two hour work week. <laughs> hey, if you can get it. Now, <laughs> here's the CEO of Ford saying they've given their best offer in about eighty years and what the employees were offered. Pay increases, elimination of tiers, inflation protection, uh, five weeks of vacation. Now, the wage increase that's being reported from CNN was 16% with Ford, uh, GM nearly 17%, and Stellantis 14.5%. Hmm. All pay increases, but Nige, I'm not a math major. That's not anywhere near 40. <laughs> I'm not necessarily in the corner of the, the gigantic, you know, CEO CEOs and the the suits up at the top. But I'm not necessarily. I guess you got to start negotiating somewhere. And you know, why not go for the gold if you're you're these unions? Right. right. Here's yeah. a uh, spokesman from the UAW. They're still not willing to agree on the kinds of raise that will make up for inflation on top of decades of falling wages. 
So the argument is they're saying, listen, we had to deal with a lot of crap. We lost money when COVID happened. But now that everything's coming back a little bit, even though the economy stinks, our bosses, they're getting fat. They're turning in record numbers now. And we're still not getting back what we lost the first time around. Let me play this guy again. here. They're still not willing to agree on the kinds of raise that will make up for inflation on top of decades of falling wages. Hold on. Falling wages. That's what no doubt. Joe Biden is saying every time he talks about the economy, the economy. I thought the wages were rising. Hmm. I'm confused. I'm just, I don't know. Just and he side. says inflation now. Yeah. Joe Biden told me inflation was going down. And for years, mm. I was told it was just temporary. Temporary inflation. Transitory, sure. So it's almost like it's affecting people's lives. Well, I'll be a <laughs> son of a, you know what. Uh, so as we sit here, and again, the clock is ticking, and we're looking at another travel transportation crisis here. The question becomes, where the hell is the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg? As this strike, which could cost the American economy if it prolongs like $5 billion, no way. Buttigieg wow. jumps on television and says that the Biden administration is continuing to work on pay raises and lowering costs. What you're going to see is real contrast in priorities between our administration that continues to focus on raising pay and lowering costs for workers and, and uh, middle-class families, uh, and what we're seeing from the other side that is about cutting taxes for corporations and the wealthy. Uh, and it's just a, a deeply misplaced priority, especially at a time like this in the it's American always economy. the talking points. Yeah, the big evil corporations and the tax cuts. And uh, look, I, you were right about some of these CEOs these car companies that are just raking it in hand over fist. And yeah, probably they need to do a better job of getting uh, their employees paid, the the rank and file guys. But at the same time, the evil corporations and the tax cuts, and it's the same old talking points over and over. And if I could fact check Mayor Pete here real quick, costs have gone up by 17.4%, while real wages have gone down by 3.1% since Biden took office. Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Hammer, I know you're kind of a big fan of... uh... Deion Sanders, who is now the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, right? Love what he's doing there. He, uh, They're playing against the rival Colorado State this weekend. The head coach of Colorado State, check this out, head coach of Colorado State talking trash to Dion. And I sat down with the ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off, and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talked So... What, are you okay with the trash talk there from Coach Norville, uh, who is, I, I mean, I guess he's talking about Deion Sanders and the way he conducts his press conference interviews, or he keeps his hat on and keeps and his sunglasses on. on. Is that right. what he's talking about? Let me, let me just play that one. And I sat down with the ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off, and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talked <laughs> So. So, Dion wears a hat. Sometimes he has a hoodie on. He's got the sunglasses on when he's doing interviews and talking to people. You okay with the trash talk? Oh, I love it. Now, 
Dion's going to try to beat him by 40 now. <laughs> uh, Colorado was favorite ahead of this game anyway, but uh, trying to go at Coach Prime. Okay, if you're Colorado State, if you're a fan of Colorado State, this is what you want. You don't want your guy to be in awe of Coach Prime in Colorado. Good point. Quote, when I talk to grown-ups, I take off my hat and sunglasses. That's what my mother taught me. All right. Now, I would say that. Is that the best you can do? Right. (laughs) Is that the best trash talk you can come up with? I mean, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. uh, Uh, Game day is there on Saturday. It's a nationally televised game, even though it's late. It's a 10 o'clock kickoff here in Indy. And you say Dion's team, the Buffaloes, are favored. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Colorado, they're ranked for the first time in a number of years. They only won a game a year ago. And then here comes Deion Sanders, brings his son in as the quarterback. He's got a dude playing both offense and defense who's unbelievable. He's completely changed the culture. He gets after these kids, makes them go to class. There's a dress code. I love it, man. One of the favorite things I've, I've seen is when I, their teammates got in a fight during a scrimmage or something like that with another team. And some of the guys guys like walked away do you remember this do you know what i'm talking about no right everybody like uh, players on uh the colorado buffaloes got into a fight with another team and some of the players walked away he's like no get back in there and get in the scrum go have your teammates <laughs> back you don't walk away from a fight a bench clearing brawl i you love don't walk away from you go in there and help your teammates i love it man i'm here for it i am buying into the hype eventually you know they're gonna lose some games but what he's done in one off season yeah. with that program is amazing i got some mood music here for you allison please if you would Oh. You got this, right? This is uh, Stranger Things. Did you right? finish out the series? Man, it never was my favorite. No? Did you? But you, so you didn't finish it? No. I gave up I, after uh, about five episodes. Oh, of the first season? Wow. I at least got through halfway the second season or maybe the beginning of the third. Uh, here's why I'm asking you this. Netflix... <laughs> you may have jumped the shark on this. Netflix is releasing a Stranger Things themed ice cream okay inspired by scoops of hoy of course that's a <laughs> scoops of hoy is an ice cream shop that's featured in that show in the mall okay and so you, there's different flavors mint pineapple upside down the void and more uh exclusively at walmart are you okay with a stranger things themed ice cream being released by netflix yes i'm okay with this really? but it shouldn't be anything that's exciting i mean products based off of TV shows and movies have been around for a long, long time. We did a segment on Wish TV earlier today, Nige, our TV version of Is This Anything? Uh, You were talking about how Barbie has found new life because of the movie. And now there's a bunch of different merch and things out there for Barbie. Barbie dolls and merchandise are up 25% from a year ago, specifically because of the success uh, that Barbie had here domestically at the box office. Number one box office uh, movie of the year by far. So now, Stranger Things themed ice cream. Okay. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when Ghostbusters had Ecto High C Cooler. Yeah, yeah, you Remember yeah, that? Yeah, Loved The uh, High C Cooler little drink box, and probably the greatest of all time, Mr. T Cereal. Teaming up with Mr. T Cereal. Remember the commercial? The team that knows how cool breakfast can be. You get a crispy corn taste with 
with a touch of brown sugar. Team it up with Mr. T. It's cool. Team it up with Mr. T. Go sweet Christmas cheese. One bite and you're going to be eaten with a team that's teaming up with Mr. T. It's cool. Teaming up with Mr. T. That's all the Mr. T that we get in the commercial? That must have been part of the deal. Look, you can make a cereal out of my likeness, but I'm showing up for one hour, and I'm saying two words. It's What did he say? It's cool? It's cool. (laughs) I mean, he didn't even say, what's his signature phrase? I pity the fool. I pity the fool. Like, none of that. It's like, you're right. (laughs) He said two words, and he told him, you can play that as much as you want, but I'm only saying it once. I mean, that's the easiest million dollars he's ever made. Right, right. Uh, a hiking site in Canada has a kiosk set up that's filled with poop bags. Oh, so if people want to walk their dogs or whatever, they can pick up after them, right? Uh, oh, oh, no. These poop bags are for people. <laughs> uh, these are people poop bags. These are not dog, cat, or whatever poop bags. Uh, these are the uh, these are for hikers. These are for human being poop bags. Uh, are you okay with this? Yes, because I think we need those on Monument Circle. <laughs> Because when I take my pre-show walk around Monument Circle, there's a lot of dung out there. Oh, goodness. And the thing is, is I don't see a lot of dogs out there either. (laughs) So, either, you know, the patrol horses are somehow going on the sidewalk, or it's bum poop. So, I think this is something that should happen here on Monument Circle. But we've heard this before, though. These hiking trails where people can hike or go jogging or go running. Once you start doing those types of activities, it stirs something loose in there. It's happened to multiple buddies of mine where they've had to leave their boxers and or socks in the wooded area when they're hiking and running through Eagle Creek, for example. I have right. specific I have buddies that, you know, had to clean themselves up with their socks. Oh, 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 oh that's so gross. Because they really just couldn't hold it anymore. It's not an uncommon thing. They didn't put the sock back on. No, no. The socks okay, are I'm somewhere rotting away in Eagle Creek sure. right now. So, if you ever start seeing, you know, random poop bags around the country, <laughs> just know where that trend started. Okay, in a new interview in Variety, Sean Penn, great actor, he wants to know why Will Smith got a standing ovation when he slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. Well, you know, you remember Sean once went to jail for hitting a movie extra. Quote, why are you guys standing and applauding his worst moment as a person? Are you okay with Sean Penn's comments? I am, and he's got a point. Like, if we're going to say that Sean Penn is this notorious hothead that, you know, can fly off and hit people left and right, and he got locked up for it, Will Smith got the Best Actor Award for it. Oh, yeah. He got the Academy (laughs) Award for going up there and doing the same thing to Chris Rock that Sean Penn did for some movie extra. He's got a good point. But listen, it's hard for me. And maybe this is just because I've seen the movie so many times. It's hard to take Sean Penn seriously because in my mind, I keep waiting for him to say this. All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. He'll always be Jeff Spicoli to me. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. 
Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And now... It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Hammer's here. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show, live in studio to go off the rails. Rob, how are you? I am great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Okay, big picture. Let's start with the biggest news this week. The impeachment inquiry announced by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy involving Joe Biden and his many uh, improprieties. What are your thoughts? Do you see any problems down the road with this? What do you think? Nige, I know you're a wonderful husband, but did you ever get a look and a stern wording from your wife about something that you absolutely had to do or accomplish? What time is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she just texted a few yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, right. uh, you don't want to do it. In fact, you're really you go kicking and screaming to do it, and you will put the least amount of effort into it possible. And that's where Kevin McCarthy is. Kevin McCarthy is a swamp creature. Kevin McCarthy doesn't want to impeach Joe Biden. That's why it's taken him eight months to get to this point. They've had a cavalcade of evidence, overwhelming testimony, yeah. paper trail, yep. emails, text messages, and now they're just getting to the investigation and when he was giving that speech about the impeachment inquiry it was like someone had just told him his dog had died i mean he clearly doesn't want to do this and here's why and then i'll hand it back over to you guys they're all dirty now different ones of them are dirty on various levels but these people all protect each other at all costs because they all for the most part have something to lose Republicans and Democrats Absolutely together. I will never forget this when I first started work at the state house this has been 10 years ago now when I went went to work for the state auditor and there was an, uh, some politician and there was something going on about him that everybody in the state house knew about. And I remember asking a very well-respected member of Indiana government. I'm 20-something-year-old kid, starry-eyed. I still think Republicans are good guys, Democrats are bad guys. And I said, well, why wouldn't they just turn the screws on this person? Because they've got him dead to rights, and this is a vote against whatever the thing they was they're trying to accomplish. And the, the person told me this, and it's absolutely true. They're all dirty. And they know if they unleash the dirt on one of them, then we start unleashing the dirt on all of them. And that's how you get these resignations all the time at the state house. And Representative so-and-so has decided to call it a career. No explanation whatsoever. Think about how bad it is in Washington. These guys don't want to do this. They have to do it. And that's why they're putting the least amount of effort possible into it. But do you want this to happen? Do you want the impeachment inquiry to move forward? Because I said on the air, and maybe this is tinfoil hat, this is what the Democrats want. Any chance they can remove Joe Biden from the ballot, whether this thing has steam and he resigns or he feels bad about what's happening to his family and the dirty laundry going out there, he resigns. If he's off the ballot, that's a win for the Democrats. Well, they're not going to get him removed from office. So I guess that's no, the first part. But I think it. if they, as to put it in your words, put the screws to him and a lot of the dirty laundry of his family keeps getting put out there, he may just 
resign. Well, no, because he's shameless, and I don't think he knows he can resign at this point. Somebody would have to tell him. <laughs> hey, look here, here he, and, I, and I'm not being you know over the top or wild and wacky when I say this. Joe Biden, from what we know, now we've scratched the surface on probably what we actually know of, of what has happened, uh, is the most corrupt person to ever hold the Oval Office. I mean, the open, oh, yeah. the play, pay-for-play scheme with his loser druggy son is the conduit that has been going on for years and years and years. Uh, and it, look, I mean, I, I never thought there'd be somebody more corrupt than the Clintons hold the White House, but it it ain't even close. The Ukraine stuff alone with getting that prosecutor Shokin fired, I mean, alone is is worthy of an investigation. One more thing, and, and Hammer, hand me that uh, tinfoil hat, please. Oh, here, this throw it over to you this time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you regarding um, the budget and the government shutdown and the inquiry, I remember a couple of weeks ago, and I'm paraphrasing here, House Speaker McCarthy said, look, uh, we don't get the budget passed. We might not be able to do this inquiry because that's all going to shut down. Are they going to press through some some crazy budget on the threat that the inquiry could shut down if the government shuts down? Do you think about that? Well, I mean, it's two sides of the same coin, right? I mean, the Republicans and Democrats, when it comes to spending money, yes. they are in total agreement yes. of spending this country into ruin. We're over $32 trillion on the national debt. Look at what they did on the last debt ceiling. There wasn't a single solitary, meaningless cut whatsoever on the debt ceiling. It's always a thing of, well, this has put us in place for more responsible spending going forward. And of course, it never happens. They're going to pass a budget. They're going to keep spending. That's what Republicans do. And they're using the Biden impeachment as yes. a way to try to keep you know yep. everybody kind of in the camp of, yeah, of course, we've totally screwed you over and lied to you about the spending and your inflation is going to be continuing to be driven up because of our actions. But hey, we're going to get Biden. The thing about the impeachment is, and again, we'll move on to something else here in just a moment, but they know they're not going to be able to kick him out of office. But if Joe Biden just says, you know what, screw this. I don't need this. I'm old. I'm afraid Hunter may go to jail. I'm going to pardon him. I'm going to go off the ticket. That's a win for the Democrats. And I just don't feel like there's a win for the Republicans here. As much as I want to see Joe Biden humiliated and embarrassed because he deserves it, because he's a rotten SOB, I just don't think the big picture win is there for the Republicans. Well, look, then I guess we're just going to say as a society, if you're a Democrat, you can literally be the most corrupt person in the the 230 year plus <laughs> history of this country. And there's absolutely I mean, I'm not I'm not obje- I'm not saying you're wrong. I think they would absolutely love to get rid of him. But what do we say as a society? You can do whatever the hell we want. Law enforcement clearly isn't going to get him. And Joe Biden being in the presidency assures that he won't be criminally prosecuted, not that he would anyway. Why couldn't you do this after maybe? the next election, whether he wins again or whether he gets beat and he's still the president waiting for the new administration to come in. Why can't you fire in the hole at that point to make him pay for the stuff he's done now? Don't ruin a good thing. Look at his polling numbers. Like, yes, I've Ni- got him right here. Nige has got him right now. Me, They're in the toilet. Let me piggyback on something you said about the election. It might not be Biden resigning. It might be Biden getting ousted. Uh, it might be a Republican over a Democrat. Listen to this Quinnipiac poll. Do you think Joe Biden is too old to effectively serve another four-year term as president or not? Yes, 68%. Better job responding to a national crisis. Trump, 51% to Biden's 44 
percent. This is one poll, but I'm seeing a trend here, Rob. I think. Yeah, but the problem is they haven't fixed the issue, which is the mass mail-in unaccountable voting. Well, you yeah. have Uncle Fester who opened his debate with "Hi, good night, everybody," <laughs> and shrieks like an inmate asylum. We're trying to be funny when he finds out Biden the impeachment inquiry is is going on. He he started with a three hundred thousand vote lead supposedly on on Doctor Oz. Could you get a worse candidate? I don't care how old Biden is or what the polling says. Could you get it? He once called Biden a collapsed bridge. Yes. I mean, could, he wasn't wrong, though, Rob. That may have been the only thing he was right about. I'm standing here next to this collapsed bridge. Uh, he won. So unless you fix the mass mail and unaccountable, unaccountable voting and the ballot harvesting, what difference does it make? Joe Biden didn't even campaign in 2020 and he still won. There were like six people at his rallies and he still won, supposedly. So unless in Pennsylvania and Michigan and all these other swing states where they're just throwing ballots out at people with these Democrat secretary of states, what difference does it make? By the way, when Fetterman did that little, you know, feigning, you know, when they asked him about impeachment, oh no, don't. that was the most clearest and coherent I've ever heard. <laughs> Of actually, right. I was I've been doing a lot of thinking about that hammer. I am because I can never tell when he's trying to be wacky or if he's just <laughs> you know suffering another you know emotional health setback. Didn't you love the aide who was like? just trying to drag him away, yeah, that poor guy. Right and he's got on like basketball shorts and yeah. a shirt on. That's what I cut the grass yeah. on. He is a United States senator, one of the most That's powerful right. people in this country. And you are led to believe that he started with a 300,000 vote lead on Dr. Oz. Does anyone believe that? As big a turd and a zero as Dr. Oz was, do you actually believe 300,000 more people before Election Day went in and were like, yeah, sign me up for some of that? We're going off the rails. Rob Kendall with us. Uh, deadline tonight, 11.59 p.m., the big UAW strike, which is going to affect Indiana in a great deal. Um, Indiana, I believe, is the second largest automobile manufacturer in the country. A lot of jobs here. Rob, I know you were talking a little bit about this earlier. What do you think? Well, look, the, these workers, and look, I get they, they don't care. Their pocketbook is clearly the most important thing, and that's for them to decide. But they are not sympathetic figures in this. They are not coming off as good guys. Reuters reported that they had been offered a 20% raise over the next four-plus years. I'm not great at math, but that's like 5% a year. I'm hearing like anywhere from 14 and a half to 16. That's what I've heard. Yeah, but well, still. It doesn't matter. They're acting like they've threatened to cut their pay. No, you're being offered. Offered raises in a really crappy economy. You're in a volatile time in our society right now. And for you guys to be threatening because you have the power to alter a big portion of the economy, uh, we're going to shut it down. That's not making you come off as a sympathetic figure. I know people who w work there will hear, hear this conversation. They're going to be mad. That's not, I'm just telling you, people are not looking at this right now, given inflation, given the condition of the country, given the condition of the economy, given the condition, you know, fearful of being able to buy things and looking at this, go, and you guys are going to affect millions of jobs that yeah. have nothing to do with your job. Yes. You're not coming yeah. off well in this. I know we got to hit a break here, but real quick, the hit that this is going to have on the national economy, like not that we need any more hits to come, but you're talking about $5 billion hit to the United States economy right now. And long term, all it's going to do is drive people over to shops that don't operate this way, places like Toyota, et cetera, because people will find options. People will figure out a way to do this. It's going to be painful. And again, it looks like they're going to probably go on strike and that's up to them, but they are not coming off. It's very rare. Big business comes off as the good guy. But I think people look at these offers 
offers, and they're like, yeah, it looks pretty good to me. All right, Rob, who are you mad at in Brownsburg now? <laughs> well, it's, it's just, it's the lying and the deceit, man. And uh, like we talked about this on what the show What happened today. now? So, you know, they have this huge, I mean, we have some really high IQ people running our, running our community, and their grand plan is to spend $18 million on an aquatic center, and they're going to put it next to the sewage plant. Because, <laughs> you know, nothing says family-friendly time like uh, go uh, go swim at the aquatic center right next to the town sewage but plant. But that smells great when it's hot in August. And these uh, Mensa members, road Scholars, have clearly admitted they can't produce a single document that shows this thing will make money. They've admitted they can't run it themselves. They're going to hire an outside firm. They've admitted they won't get the money back from the investment. And they just simply, they don't, they just absolutely do do not care that they're going to waste $18 million of other people's money. And so I tried, and this is why people are like, it's your style that people don't like. You make a lot of good points, but if you weren't the way you were, people would listen. So I went to the last meeting and I said, look, guys, there's a lot of flaws in this. If you guys are dead set on doing this, at least get community input before you move forward. At least have the meetings. At least let us weigh in. We might be able to save you from yourself and create a better thing long term. And this guy, Matthew Simpson, and he's one of those guys who ran on I'm going to add transparency to government. I'm going to be one of those guys that tells you the truth. He, he gets up and goes, uh, no, yeah, yeah, Rob, we haven't we haven't made any decisions on the pool. Uh, we haven't, uh, we're going to have all sorts of public meetings. We're going to get all sorts of public input. We're in the very early stages of this whole pool process, and the public will certainly be included on the pool process. And well, stupid me, you know, I heard I ran on transparency and being honest with you, and I said, okay, Matt Simpson, I'll take your word for it. I feel really good. So, lo and behold, I open up my town council agenda tonight, and what do I see? They're starting a building corporation for the swimming pool! <laughs> who is this guy again? His, his name, name is Matt Simpson, and is just another example of a guy who is too cowardly to stand up in a meeting and go, I am for this crappy-ass project. I am wasting your money either because my kids want it, or my wife wants it, or my friends want it, or whatever. So eat it, Rob. Sit so, down so and shut just, up. They're just moving forward with it. Yes, right? he lied! It's the very next meeting! He's talking about, we're going to have all these public meetings, we're going to get all this public input. These people are just, I mean, they're just the gutter dwellers of society, and they've all managed to make their way into public office. And you will be there tonight? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, hopefully the police won't be weaponized on me. It's in bail money. What's coming up tomorrow? Uh, boy, there's new rumors out that Pelosi may be hedging on Biden in 2024. Oh, yeah. Man, old on yeah. old violence right there. <laughs> he's off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. Thanks as always to Garage George of Indianapolis. You guys are the best. It's the Amory Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.